Thursday evening here, and I have to say we're supposed to be getting some, supposed to be getting some thunderstorms, but it looks like it's actually going to be going north of us, but Dallas is getting hit pretty hard, I would say. I know San Antonio had hell earlier, so you never know what's going to come around. This is Texas after all. <laughs> yes, it, it March, you know, Southeast Texas summer has already started. What can I say? <laughs> Already been in the 80s here. Wow. Yeah, it gets warm. But want to let everybody know Amy's running a little bit late. Mm-hmm. Uh, Going to give her hell. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> She's elbow deep in dinner. Of course, she has two kids, so I can't blame her. Yeah, that's true. But... Like I said, got to give her hell. Mm -hmm. But we are here today with Lisa Wilkerson. I know a lot of y'all have been probably trying to figure out how to pronounce that. Yes, everyone, I think. (laughs) (laughs) I went through and did my research. (laughs) Thank you, Greg. Much appreciated. (laughs) But I know you've done a lot of voice acting and you were also in a a movie, which... Yes, I was in two movies, actually. Yeah. Lost in Translation was the one that I was thinking about. Yes. Was... Yeah. Um, Sofia Coppola film with uh, Bill Murray and uh, Scarlett Johansson back when she was a little little 18-year-old. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, it's crazy. I'm like, wow, that was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to say my age. <laughs> Me neither. Me neither. No. But how was, I mean, I've heard a lot of stories about Bill Murray. How was that like being with him? Um, he is actually really, really incredible to work with. Um, the The whole, you know, the whole thing about Lost in Translation is actually based on a slice of life in Sofia Coppola's life. <laughs> so when she was originally dating and then ended up getting married to Spike Jones, um, she used to go to Japan a lot. And it's kind of, so that whole concept, the storyline is really based on her life. Um, so she, and the person that she wanted to play the main character was Bill Murray. So she was very, very insistent. He didn't actually want to be a part of the film. For a long time, she had to come up to him and say, hey, Bill. And, you know, he's infamous, supposedly. And I don't even know if this is a myth, but he doesn't have a cell phone. 
So when people want to get a hold of him, they have to fax offers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so, wow. yeah. So she was doing a lot of faxing for a very long time. But then he said yes. And um, the film, though, is done in Tokyo. A lot of it is filmed at a hotel that she stayed at during that period in her life called Park Hyatt Hotel. It's a very high-end hotel. Um, so they told her, if you're going to do any filming, you have to do it at night. You cannot bother, bother our clientele at all. So we were filming like in the middle of the night and then they were doing the rest of the scenes during the day. Tokyo is a city during that time would only give a film crew two weeks to film because oh, they wow. would. Yeah. So they said, you know, and this is the policy for a very long time where they would say, you can't film more than that because it is an obstruction. Um, you know, we have way too many, like the cars, the trains, blah, 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 all the, you know, commuters and everything, you know, having a film crew will, will just, you know, not, not ruin, but it'll really do some damage to the city is what the whole philosophy behind that was. So mm -hmm. she only had two weeks to film wow. that movie. Um, yeah. So needless to say, it was a very, I think, long schedule. And even though it was lots of long hours, Bill Murray, obviously being the star, like he had the most to do. And yet when I worked with him, he was just so energetic and he was, you know, and every, you could tell like a lot of the crew was really tired, you mm -hmm. know, I think that when we did my scenes, it was towards the end of the filming and um a lot of people yeah just people were kind of exhausted but he was really good at kind of keeping up the morale on set and um you know and he one of the things he did tell sophie uh, coppola when he said i will do the film he said i will do it but i want to have say especially my character i want to be able to come up to you and say hey i think this would be a better way to say it and so she was like yes of you're Bill Murray, you say, you know. Um, and so I was able to witness that, you know, he would kind of walk over to her and, you know, they'd talk a little bit about scene and then, you know, he would, and then they'd do it, you know, the way that he was hoping to do it. So he was very interactive with everyone and he was just really, yeah, it was really wonderful to work with him. It was a great experience for me, actually, yeah. I like hearing about the behind the scenes. I mean, I never would have thought you would only be allowed so much, so little time, I guess, to do a film in. In Tokyo. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then even fun fact, um, and this is not my movie, but um, Tom Cruise, when he was going to do Mission Impossible, is it four? I, I forgot which one because <laughs> there's been so many, but um, he wanted to film it actually in Japan. And he was told the same thing. You know, they're like, yeah, you're Tom Cruise. Yeah, Japan loves you. But guess what? You only get two weeks. So he actually, when he came to do the premiere for uh, Mission Impossible 3, and I was there actually as media. I was there for the screening and everything. Mm -hmm. But um, he also went and formally asked the Tokyo governor for another week or two to film. You know, so, but then he ended up, you know, jumping on Oprah's couch. And then there was all kinds of crazy things that happened that led to 
no Mission Impossible for a long time. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so I mean, it's it's always been, I guess, a thing in Japan. I think they maybe have changed those laws now. I don't know, but for a very long time, yeah. Well, it makes me wonder about the cities here because, you know, New York gets busy as can be. How long mm-hmm. do they yeah. give them the film? Same thing with L.A. Yes. Yeah. And now yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good question. I don't know. I mean, I've done a lot of work with uh, Japanese film crews here in L.A. and, you know, getting the permits and everything for what needs to be done. But what's really interesting is a lot of times the Japanese will come over here and they're oh, America, you know, it's the land of the free. So that means we don't need to get any permits for anything. Let's just do guerrilla style filming so many times. And I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? No. Yeah, you do have to get the permits. Yes, yes. Even for the other cities, like here in Houston, I know you have to get the permits. Yeah. Like I said, I know Atlanta's starting, I think it's, yeah, Atlanta has now starting to do their filming because that's yes. where a lot of marble is. So yeah. Yeah. Atlanta, I think is a big competitor right now with LA. They've, they're doing so much more filming with Tyler Perry's big studio he has out there. And like you were mentioning with the Marvel, <laughs> um, I have a friend who, and unfortunately she passed away recently, but her, her son was doing a lot with the Mandalorian series and he, so he's done a lot of Marvel, but he's always going to Atlanta. You know, he's a stunt uh, person and um, yeah, they are doing a lot of stuff over there for sure. And from what I read about three, maybe four weeks ago, there's going to be a new studio coming and it's going to be in Louisiana. Really? Oh, Anthony Mackie. Is opening one up in New Orleans. Really? Oh, that's interesting. I love Anthony Mackie. I'm so happy to see him as part of the whole Marvel uh, legacy. You know, like I love him. He's great. Mm-hmm. And and my cat who's sitting right next to me, Pumpkin, agrees. <laughs> oh, she's like, oh, <laughs> give me love, give me love. I think we do things opposite here. Our cats are outside and the dogs are inside. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, I've tried. I I mean, I've tried closing the door. I've tried everything with my cats. Like, I can't put them outside outside because I live in a very central area. But, you know, especially right with COVID, where Mm. we're all working from home and... I can't tell you how many times, and then me doing a lot of interpreting work, I have to do a lot of Zoom interpreting or whatever in the yeah. night time. Mm-hmm. And so I'll be like, oh, maybe I can just close the door so they won't <laughs> come and join me. But no, they come and find me. They ignore me the rest of the day. And then they're like, oh, mommy, are you working now and getting paid? Guess what? I'm going to really, I'm going to interfere with that. And they've done that many times. <laughs> yes. Yes. I have, I, I have eight and most of them are indoor, but yeah. some are indoor outdoor right now. Pretty's on my bed, so I can't oh, have my pretty. bed right now. Um, Reese <laughs> is downstairs with um, Cora. Angel's out in the hallway, so once I go out there, she'll she'll see me walk by and go, "Hey, give me attention." 
So they're every strategically cat, placed. Then yes, <laughs> yeah. and you can't and you can't go to the bathroom here. You can't close the door because if you close it, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> yes, <laughs> I know. I don't understand what that uh, is. Right? Yeah. So uh, well, we have we have almost two acres, so we have a garden and a barn, so we basically have them outside, keeping the way the snakes and the rats. Yeah, which I'm sure they love, too. <laughs> and there's no fence, so the dogs have to be inside. <laughs> so, But the other thing is voice acting, because I know you've done a lot with games as well. Like yeah. And yeah, Virtua Fighter, um, a lot of old school stuff like Crazy Taxi. Mm. Yeah, um, Shamu. And yeah, no, that has been really, it's been really wonderful to be a part of that community, you know. Um, and it's funny because my brother, when I was growing up, I was Miss Sports Girls. I was in sports all year, all year long, three sports a year, blah, blah, blah. My brother was the gamer. He was so into games. <laughs> and so it's kind of funny that now I'm kind of a part of that community. But um, I started off in radio at 18, I think 18 or 19 years old. And that led to, and you know, at first I was on the back end side. So I was helping with staffing and mm -hmm. um with the morning man in Tokyo. Um, but, you know, I've always been a huge music buff. Like that is, you know, people always want to know, so what do you geek out over? And I think for me, probably it would be music. That's one of the biggest things I think that I'm just absolutely obsessed, always have been with music and ever since I was three. And so um, when I started working in radio, I just thought, man, this is the coolest job. You get to play music and talk, ah! you know? So I started on the side, I would work at these pirate radio stations and, um, and became comfortable enough where I was like, okay, I think I can do this in a really big station. And so then I branched out and started working on the FM stations in Tokyo and someone discovered me or my, you know, discovered me, discovered my voice, heard my voice. And they reached out to me and said, we have, you know, we we're going to be getting a lot of game auditions. And so I would love for you to audition. And that's kind of how it started out for me. Yeah. But um, it's, it's been a really, I mean, it's led to so many things in my life. You know, I've been able to go to a lot of these comic cons and, um, anime conventions and it's really allowed me to travel and meet so many people so um, I'm very very grateful for that yeah uh, the comic con word gotta love it oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I would I guess do you have a favorite character one that you relate to the most or um I think and I don't, I don't do her anymore, but Nina Williams from Tekken mm -hmm. is probably one of my favorites. And the reason is because um, she's a very powerful character. So she's a very strong fighting character in Tekken. But I like how she also is quite weak. Her weakness is usually, is her family. 
and her loyalty that she feels. And so I, I kind of like a lot of that complexity that goes into that character. Um, and I'm, I feel like me too. I'm a very loyal and probably very passionate person. So I think in that, in those ways, I do identify a lot with her. Um, but I think also like say with Virtua Fighter, um, Sarah Bryant, the character I have there, she's very sassy. And I love that about her because I'm also extremely sassy. I'm always, <laughs> you know, like I always, I'm always a smart ass. And so I think a lot of Virtua Fighter or Sarah Bryant comes out um, or I come out in her as well so but you know i mean a lot of all the characters that i've done all the work that i've done i feel like there's always a kind of a piece of me in them sorry if you hear pumpkin she's kind of uh oh she's playing she's hunting she's hunting her catnip yes i see you pumpkin <laughs> come on uh, oh wow yeah <laughs> I'm like, what am I hearing? <laughs> I know. What are you doing? Yeah, it's so funny, you know. Like I have these catnip toys that I oh, get yes. for her, and she goes and finds them on the floor. She'll have them in her mouth, and then she'll be like, oh, "Look what I found! Look what I found!" Right? <laughs> I'm sure you guys get that, right? So, yes. Yeah. Yeah, and then she'll drop it off, and then she'll continue meowing at me, and I'll be like, oh, such a good girl. Yes, you <laughs> are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, oh, well, are there any Comic-Cons that you're going to be going to soon? or? Um, I will be. I, I have some that are coming up. Um, I actually am going to be in Saudi Arabia in May. Um. Oops. And for that, uh, I will also be booking some Japanese talent. So that's another thing that I've been doing over the past couple of years because I work a lot with the Japanese uh, seiyu and mangaka, like the uh, illustrators and studios. So um, I'm going to be booking a couple of the guests for that as well. Cool. Um, yeah. So um, let me see. Do I have – I think – the first one that I have coming up is going to be in in May, maybe, um, will be the one in Saudi Arabia. I also have one in July in Australia, which I'm very excited about. Ooh, um, Adelaide. Yeah. So that'll be fun. Um, so I do have some coming up. Yeah. Uh, got one comment here. Nina Williams was always my favorite Tekken ah! character to play with. Thank you, Mombi. I appreciate that. Yeah, so she, so like I said, not a gamer, you know, was not a gamer growing up. So I am the worst button masher for sure, for sure, for sure. And one of, and one of my panels that I do at anime conventions is playing Tekken with Nina, where I bring on people, you know, who are Tekken fans or, you know, who just want to come and play against me in a game. And I'm like this. <laughs> you know, I'm like so bad, 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 bad. But even though I am a terrible button measure, which I will also say is very exhausting, um, 
you expend so much more energy than you really should be because I have no idea what I'm doing. So I'm just pressing buttons constantly the whole time. And um, the good part of that is you don't have to look at the screen because I have no idea what I'm doing. So it doesn't matter anyway. But the bad <laughs> part is, you know, I'm, yeah, doing this constantly. And so my art, my, <laughs> my wrists are hurting and I'm just like, oh, I'm so exhausted. It's only been two games. <laughs> I, I can only imagine oh i just did a charity and i was button mashing with sonic spinball which is oh. like my thumbs finally healed but that right. hurt. yeah it does some wear and tear on you man yeah totally yeah but i do find that nina even with me every once in a while i can actually win which is a lot of fun you know so yeah i mean i don't know usually i'm like what i what <laughs> so gosh that would be a fun panel to watch <laughs> it, it is a lot it is a lot of fun um i think everyone you know it's all kind of just to really um i like having interaction with people and um you know i don't want to do the whole oh look at me i'm a voice actor let me just blah 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 you know i want to be able to have this back and forth kind of synergy and just really have a lot of um a lot of fun so yeah i started that panel and then i have these badges like pins kind of thing that i give to everyone i play and um there are two versions one is nina williams kicked my butt and i loved it and then the other one is i kicked nina williams butt and i loved it so <laughs> i always ask him which one do you want i know you kicked my butt but which one do you want <laughs> yeah oh wow that that would be pretty cool yeah <laughs> so do you have a most memorable moment at any of these conventions with with somebody coming up to you and telling you their story? Um, I have a lot of those, but I think probably one of my most memorable moments is the, and really, I don't fangirl very much, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I've, I've been, you know, working in the entertainment industry for a very long time. Like even with, I'm a big, TV girl. I watch a lot of TV, but I also, you know, we'll do, I'll do the red carpet for the Golden Globes and the Emmys and all that. But, you know, like, I'm just like, oh, oh there is so-and-so. There is a uh, Glenn Close. Oh, she's cool. But, you know, I won't like super fangirl, right? Um, and then even in radio, like I did a lot of interviews with a lot of people. However, Anima Expo one year, um, I found out that the seiyu japanese voice actor um from candy candy which is the anime i grew up on i <laughs> was completely obsessed with that anime and in fact when his character called anthony when his character died on the show i told my mom i was like ah Anthony died, mom. I'm so depressed. Maybe I don't have to go to school today, right? She's like, no, 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 no. You are the, you are the daughter of two academics. No, you are not going to skip school. So that didn't work. But, um, but this is how obsessed I was, right, with Candy Candy. And he was going to be at Anima Expo that year. I was so excited. And that was a year when I was actually a guest at AX2. 
So I was in the green room and then he walked in <laughs> and I was with a friend of mine. I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, it's Anthony, 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 Anthony. <laughs> right. And then she's like, oh, you have to go up to him. I'm like, no, I can't, I can't, I can't. And uh, I don't know what took over me, but all of a sudden I was like, yep, Liesl, life is short. So I walk over to him as he's, you know, kind of drinking his little bottle of water, just kind of relaxing, kind of watching things from, you know, the green room to see what's going on, the dealer's hall. And I go up to him and I start singing the Candy Candy theme song. Um, I'm like, what a day, what a day, what a day, candy. Snakey machine, I'm dancing, what a day, candy. And he's like, who is this chick? Because <laughs> he's like, first of all, I'm in America, right? This is America. Like, why, you know, Candy Candy. I don't believe Candy Candy ever come came here to the States. So he's like, why does someone know Candy Candy? Two, why is this tall blonde chick singing in Japanese? Like, what is going on? And so, <laughs> so I took a picture, which is, you know, if you look at the picture, it's quite funny because I'm like, ah, and he's like, <laughs> Yeah, this is happening. I can't believe this is happening. Like, what is what is going on in my life right now? Oh, my gosh. Um, so, you know, I fangirled, and it was crazy. Then, as this always happens in my life, a couple years later, I go to AWA, um, where I do usually the interpreting, moderating uh, for all the Japanese panels and the guests. <laughs> Guess who was a guest at AWE that year? <laughs> and so I saw the lineup. I'm like, oh, no. Oh, maybe you won't remember me. Like maybe it was a couple years ago. Maybe he's kind of blocked it out of his head. So and then, uh, you know, and then they came up to me. They're like, uh, Lisa's on. We'd like to have a meeting you know, about what we're going to talk about for the panel. And so I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, I introduce myself. I don't say anything about the fact that I completely made a fool out of myself in Anime Expo. And <laughs> so, you know, we're just doing the meeting. And it's it's funny because it was very done the very Japanese way where he waits until everyone else has kind of left. And then he turns to me and he's like, Diesel-san. Which means I've met you before, correct? I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah, yes. He's like, I thought so. Anime Expo. I was like, ah, yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, I need to hide anywhere, anywhere. Yeah. So that would probably be one of my most memorable experiences just because that anime was so big for me in my life, you know, and it was such a really important uh, pop culture, I guess, uh, influence and getting to meet him and then me making a fool out of myself and, you know, all full circle, all comes together. <laughs> that had to have been fun, though. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. And actually, he is such a great guy. He, um, yeah, it was a lot of, it was a lot of fun to meet him. Yeah. But you also have a podcast. Yes. I do. Adventures of a Blonde Geisha. Thank you. 
<laughs> Can you tell us about that? What it's about? Yes, sure. Um, I've kind of been wanting to do a podcast for a very long time because, you know, I grew up in Japan and then continued to work in Japan. So really all of my almost 30 years of my life was in Japan. Um, so when I moved to the States, you know, people will sometimes correct me. You mean, they'll say, oh, you mean when you moved back? I'll be like, no, because I never really lived here. I mean, you know, here and there for maybe like half a year, furlough, three months, whatever. But I'd never really lived here, lived here. So it really was moving here for me. And it was, and I was an adult. I was like in my thirties when I moved here, um, had not ever driven before a car. No, I didn't have a license. I didn't have anything, um, you know, cause you don't need it. If you're, if you grew up in Tokyo, um, had never had a credit card before, you know, I mean like just really, so I kind of came into this world, which, Visually, I fit in with, but I would just didn't, everything was just so foreign to me. And so I was constantly having these, what I like to call zone moments where everyone else is acting in a certain way. I act in the way I think is normal. And then people look at me like, wait, who are you? What are you doing? You know, like just all these. And it's, and it becomes this zone thing where people are just like, who are you, you little chikorita? I don't understand, <laughs> you know? Um, and for years, you know, some of my friends have been telling me that I should start documenting those experiences, you know, and talking about them. And so I finally decided during COVID um, actually a little over a year ago, um, in February last year, I was like, okay, I'm doing it. I'm just going to start this podcast and start talking about some of my memories from living in Japan, growing up in Japan, and then also, uh, experiences and kind of giving a look into how it is to be, um, a third culture kid is what they call it where, or a TCK where your parents are from one culture, then you live in another culture and then you kind of create this hybrid or this third culture. And I'm very much a third culture kid. Sometimes I react in a certain way and still, and people are like, ah, you must've been interpreting because this is very <laughs> Japanese right now. And I'm like, ah, Sorry, you know, like I still bow when I talk on the phone. Hi, Amy. Hi. Hi, <laughs> my Amy. Looks... Hey. Oh, my oh, goodness. Greg was my giving daughter. me enough shit. You know, it was only fair. It was only fair. <laughs> I like scarfed down my dinner, you know, because Greg's like, hey, what the hell? Where are you at? And I'm like, I'm, I'm well deep in dinner, man. I'm so sorry. But. No, I made it. And then my daughter had a meltdown, so that's the only reason I'm super late. But oh. I'm here. I've made it. I've arrived. Welcome. Yeah, she the fun it. has arrived. You know, for being honest, the fun's arrived. Okay, let's be real. Greg will tell you. Same thing. It's, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Hi, Amy. <laughs> Hi, Greg. Hi, Lizzie. Hey, guys. 
my goodness. Continue. I have to say, I've been to Hong Kong. I've never been to Japan. So I've been to Hong Hong Kong. Kong. And if it's anything similar, I can definitely see how the cultures could be. It would be a very different. Yeah. And I see here that um, Mombi's saying that um, as an American, the culture is very different. you know, she says her daughter's obsessed with Japan. Yeah, it is. It's extremely different. But what I think was kind of really hard for me is that when you're growing up in a culture, this is kind of the only thing you know. So I didn't realize the differences until I moved here to the States. And then that's when I was like, oh, okay. Americans don't bow when they're on the phone. Got it. Okay. You know, or, you know, this whole tipping thing. Oh my gosh. Such a nightmare for me because in Japan, we don't tip. Um, So I didn't, I had, you know, I didn't know who you tipped and who you didn't tip. Right. So when I first moved to LA, I had a Japanese uh, roommate. Yeah lived here she's lived here since she was 18 so she was kind of like the opposite in a way of me and i would always be asking her i'm like shioti do i tip this person i remember one time the ups guy came and brought some flowers a friend of mine had you know had sent and i didn't know and and i went up to her i'm like do i need to tip the ups guy she's like ah you're so crazy no of course not i don't know (laughs) um yeah, so it was, yes, it was culture shock. Yes, absolutely. And that's basically what the podcast was about, just talking about the... The culture shock, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And um, another thing that I, I like to talk about as well is, because um, I do a lot of interpreting for a lot of really big companies, and um, I talk about also the power of language and of culture and um you know a lot of times when i am interpreting for a client linguistically like the language they get but the cultural stuff is sometimes the stuff that they don't understand you know and so i kind of like to talk about that a lot as well on my podcast it's it's a lot of fun i mean it's you know, and I've also had some super crazy experiences, Japanese experiences, of course, because, you know, Japan does crazy a lot of times. And, <laughs> you know, so stuff like, yeah, like I was in the MMA fight, you know, I mean, just things that are kind of not normal that just happened to me during my time there. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying doing the podcast. And I know Amy missed the part about the gaming. So, Amy, do you Amy have loves games. She loves the yes. people. Oh. oh well, I like yes, I like the games <laughs> where I can kill people, and it's graphic and lovely. <laughs> I mean, it's, just summarize it, okay? I mean, I, we could have this hour long conversation, and Greg mm-hmm. wouldn't be able to chime in on my games that I play. I played a lot back in high school. Mm. and everything and you know then i had kids and my i don't have the time to do it but no video games are my arena for sure. mm. see, see i would have to put her up against you on tekken that way, that way she could get one of those badges from you 
Yeah, that says, I kicked Nina Williams' butt and I loved it, which is probably the one you would get. Is that the alien one? Is it the alien one where I committed suicide to kill Greg? Is it that one, Greg? No, that's... that's Is it that one? I I didn't even know what I was doing. And the next thing, I couldn't even reach the pedals. Okay, to be honest, (laughs) I couldn't reach the pedals and the seat was so far up and I still could reach the pedals. And then they were like making fun of me saying that I needed a booster seat. And I'm like, I'm a grown ass woman. I don't need no booster seat. I needed a booster seat. Like I, legit, seat. I did. I needed it. Yeah. hundred percent did. Um, yeah. What game would that be then, Greg? I don't know that game. Tekken. Yeah. yeah. It, it's kind of like it. It's just, this is more just. Yeah. Console. It's a, it's a big fighting game. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like Mortal Kombat. I could do that. I kicked Josh's ass in Mortal Kombat and the Injustice one, you know, the Justice League version of Mortal Kombat. I totally annihilate him on that. So we could do that. We could do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Call of Duty. We could call of Duty. We could have just sniper only, you know, quick scopes. We could do that. Let's do that. We could have grenades only, you know, let's, uh, hey, we could party. I could do all that. So <laughs> say it. I don't. But the stupid alien game where I needed a booster seat? No. Mm-mm. no. <laughs> and they were such nice people. They really were nice people. I love them dearly, but I won't be back because I, I can't reach the pedals to play that game. Oh, yeah, I just, I can't. And in order to kill anybody, she has to. Yeah. Yeah. Just it was really one. Blow themselves, blow herself up on it. Oh, yeah. Well, I didn't even know what I was doing when I hit the buttons. It was definitely like, let me paint this picture for you because I feel like <laughs> you need me to paint this photo because Greg was laughing at my ass because I didn't even realize I the game still was am. <laughs> I was literally almost like a board in the chair to reach the pedals. And then I'm over here like, am I killing anyone? Because I couldn't see the screen. And it was just, I was hitting buttons, trying to hit the pedals. And then the next Greg, it told me I killed Greg. And I was like, yes, I did something. And he's like, wow, Amy, we're to commit suicide and blow me up. I didn't even know what I was doing. Like, it was just, no. Mm-mm. No. So that's a that's a game Amy won't play. Amy won't play that game. Just no. Yeah. Anything else is fair game. I'll play it. Oh. Pun intended. I'm, I'm laughing. Well, Inside and out. yes it's okay i can laugh at myself i'm all right with it so one thing that you did that i couldn't was the uh, virtual reality me yeah oh yeah yeah walking the plank oh i couldn't oh my gosh if you want to see a big man baby okay you need to watch (laughs) this video of greg Okay, because I'm telling you, that man didn't even, it wasn't even, yeah, it was walking the plank. That man, he got up on the balance beam. It was just a balance beam. You see what you're going to walk on before you're in virtual reality, right? So you kind of know you just need to walk straight, right? Now, Greg got, I think, one foot on there, and then he was like, hell no, and he got off. Like, (laughs) he didn't make it. Well, I'm over here. I made it. We're eating a donut. We're like, yeah, we're doing this, hanging off a building. I'm like, yeah. And he's like, yep, no. It's, no. no, it's that virtual, uh, that virtual reality can actually get to your head. It's so amazing. There's it's so real life uh, lifelike, you know. Yeah. Of stuff. It must have already got to my head because I'm fine. I'm totally normal. I could do it. Greg couldn't hang off a building though. Your son did it. Yeah. 
And then mm-hmm. I beat it. Then I beat his ass in boxing. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh. it's the greatest thing. His son's like a bodybuilder. So it, it was hilarious <laughs> that Greg like beat the crap out of him boxing. And then here's like his son who could really beat him up in real life. It was so great. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah, it was lovely. Mm-mm. Good times, Greg. Good times. Yeah. That was Galveston Esports. Do you go to any esports events? That's a good question. Especially with you doing gaming voices. Yeah, um, not that many. I mean, I have gone to E3 a few times. Uh, we went for when Shemu um, was announced for like the Kickstarter. And that was kind of a big deal. Like, I think we went the next year, actually. But um, I don't think I go to very many E3. Uh, I mean, e-sports e- game uh, events. Yeah. That would be something interesting to catch you at. Yeah. Especially if they have that competition and then you can sit there and. <laughs> yeah, do the Tekken, playing Tekken mm-hmm. against Nina. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That'd be cool. But you've also, like I said, you've done Crazy Cab. That had to have been fun, Crazy though. Taxi. Or Crazy Taxi. Mm-hmm. Same thing though. Cab, taxi, Uber. <laughs> the modern version would be crazy Uber, probably. Uber. Yes, that would. That'd be hilarious. That would Pick be up like a that. Wait, hold on. Oh my gosh, you're one of the voices in Crazy Taxi. Yeah. <laughs> no shit. Which one? I love that oh my god, Gina. I wish they would bring it back. Oh, Gina. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh my, okay. Oh my gosh. When you said yeah. crazy Uber, I was like, wait, I played that game, but it was crazy taxi. Oh my gosh. Yes. Oh my gosh. That is freaking cool. I like, okay. So I grew up, my first game ever was Grand Theft Auto Vice City. That was my first game mm-hmm. ever. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I know. It shouldn't have been. But crazy taxi was one of those that was just so freaking fun. I would play it late at night. And I would yeah. play it for hours. Like, I wouldn't even realize it was like two or three o'clock in the morning. It was just so much fun, like hauling ass over. Um, what was it? Where is it? It's like San over Francisco. people. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. You had like the steep hills and you're just like hauled ass and you're like, yeah, yes. man, I made it. And it's like great. Oh, I wish they would bring that back for the PlayStation. I would. Oh, yes. I, I know. I know. I mean, they brought, I think they brought it out. <laughs> A couple of years ago, they brought out like a mobile version, like a cell phone version or something like that. But it was Not using, I think, the same, you know, but it would be so much fun to do that. Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah. a really cool game to do. Yeah. I loved that because, you know, I was I was littler, littler. I was younger. Younger's much. That's a, that's the right word. I was younger <laughs> when I played it. And so I was like, holy shit. What if taxi drivers were really like this? And you kind of took your life in your hands to get in the taxi, but they like hauled ass to get you there super early, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was young for it. I was loving it. So then when I started to drive, I would totally have like images of crazy taxi when I started learning how to drive. Oh, it was so great. I missed that game. That's freaking cool. I love That's that. That's a good game. Yeah. It's a lot of fun, especially in the arcade, you know, when it was, when it came out. With the steering wheel. Mm-hmm. Amy, Amy, if you're ever driving anywhere, please let me know ahead of time. You've yeah. been with me when I drive. I don't do crazy taxi anymore. I have kids, so I can't. <laughs> but without my kids, you know, it's the true thing. I'm going to knock on wood here after I say this. But the whole time I lived in Houston, 
right? And I would haul ass on 45. I never got a ticket. And I lived there for four years. Okay. So if that was my crazy taxi time was in Houston and it was, I'm very lucky. I did not get a ticket, but oh man. Or an accident on 45. Jesus. No. 45 is hell. Now mm -hmm. it is. I lived on the south side of 45. Uh, north towards, side is. Towards Galveston. Oh, man. Okay, so what other like video games <laughs> did you voice? Greg did not give uh, me disclaimers before I came on, so it's you know. I gave her. I gave her. I gave her a disclaimer before you came on. So <laughs> her about me, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I'm with a disclaimer. I'm literally a walking disclaimer. Like it's a true. So yeah, that's why she she can handle me. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Um. I've done, well, I've done a lot of Sega games. So Crazy Taxi, Virtua Fighter. I don't know if you know, but that's also a fighting game. So that's yes. similar to Tekken. Um, and then Shenmue, uh, Rumble Roses. I don't know if you guys even know that. That was like wrestling, uh, mm -hmm. girls wrestling, um, kind of crazy. But so I did a, like my, the bulk of what I did was actually in Tokyo because I was mm -hmm. working there for a very long time. Um, but yeah, a lot of fighting games, I guess. Did you ever do like the, like the other side games, like uh, Samba, you know, like the, the little monkeys, like ee, 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 teaching you how to. No, I don't think I did. I would have loved to do a monkey, be a monkey. I mean, oh. <laughs> um, a monkey ball or anything. <laughs> yeah, but I did. I think the another uh, character that I did the voice for was I'm a huge Hello Kitty fan. And I did the voice of Bad Bats Maru, which is like the angry penguin. Oh, that's always with. Okay. Yeah. So that one was actually in English and Japanese because I do uh -huh. voice acting in Japanese, too. So um, that was a lot of fun. I love doing that. It was very hard on my voice because it was a very ah! kind of voice, mm -hmm. but it was worth it, you know, as a Hello Kitty lover. Yes. So for another Sega game, just for the heck of it, did, did you ever do Sonic the Hedgehog? I didn't. <laughs> Sorry, Lizzie. I know. I know. I haven't been a part of the Sonic the Hedgehog dynasty. Oh, yes. I know. Those two are growing. Mario and Sonic are both growing. Mm -hmm. Especially with that new movie coming for Mario on my on my TikTok. It's nothing but the Mario toys. And they go, oh, you wait till next year when the Sonic toys come. It's going to be <laughs> both of them. Yeah. Like, e -e. Man, I had no idea they were making a Mario movie. I need to not, oh, I need to have cable. I only streamed mm -hmm. it, so I don't know you guys. I had no idea. Oh, well, no. Wait, I thought that was fake when they were doing this whole debacle about his booty and they're like, that's not Mario's booty. Was that, that was real? I didn't know that. I thought that was like, you know, fake, fake up in there. Okay. Well, you know, I live under a rock. Okay. And I live in the boonies. So it's fair. It's fair for me. I'm going <laughs> to just say it's fair. I get it. Uh, hmm. Those poor rocks. No, they love me. They're my people. Okay. <laughs> They love me. Totally my people. One that's seen in hearts. Lovely. I was going to say silent and stone cold. 
Oh, that's true too. That's such a compliment. Thanks. I know. <laughs> oh, I love it. You're just gonna uh, kill me later. Next, you're gonna be calling me Jung Wick, which is like you know a big. <laughs> yes, oh, man. I'm counting down. Tomorrow is literally three weeks until John Wick Chapter Four. Are you a big John Wick fan? <laughs> I worked with Keanu Reeves. Oh my gosh! Yes. <laughs> Is he just he, as lovely as you picture? Because I just picture him such a lovely person. He's really funny. Um, it was for a film that he did called Man of Tai Chi, which was filmed in Hong Kong, China uh -huh. and Hong Kong. And I worked with him for about a month, actually. Um, I was the interpreter on set because they used a very well-known Japanese set designer. So I was interpreting for him. But... Um, I remember the first time I met, so he, what's really interesting, uh, what was very interesting about this project is it's the first time for him to direct, right? Cause usually yeah. obviously he's, you know, the actor or like the headliner for the project or whatever. But for this project, he played two, he had two hats. So it was acting and directing. And it was the first time to direct for him. Ooh. Yeah. But it was really funny because when he would direct, he would wear the same outfit every single day, same okay. shirt, same pants and super scruffy. And like, he Love was it. just like, yeah, it was, it, no, he's, he's fabulous. He's wonderful. And then all of a sudden I get to the set, you know, because he's going to start doing his lines as an actor. And it was like a whole new Keanu. It was like, wow, okay, this is the Keanu <laughs> that we all see on the, you know, big screen. He's like clean shaven, like he looks, you know, he's taking a shower. Like, you know, I mean, like all this mm -hmm. stuff. So, yeah, but it was, it was a really cool experience. But it was funny because the thing that I had to interpret the most was his dad jokes. Oh, <laughs> do not translate so and he would say these he would tell these jokes and i would translate and yeah it just yeah so it, it was kind of funny because i was like oh, oh no. <laughs> yeah but he, I, he was fabulous though yeah i love a good dad joke or like a super corny joke oh my mm -hmm. gosh i love that so like there's these two guys on my Facebook reels. I don't know if my husband talked about them or what, but they appeared and they just tell these dad jokes and they try to make each other laugh, you know? And so uh, I'm a huge fan of that. And like, I've always <laughs> felt like you just get what you get with Keanu. Like he doesn't pretend to be somebody else, which I think is why. I Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, totally. man, but I'm in total countdown mode for chapter four. I'm determined to watch each John Wick, like, you know, one a week until that day. Like I'm just, mm. I got to watch them in segments. Cause you know, I have kids and I'm not going to get up at 4 a.m. to watch this kick-ass movie. I got to watch it at night. So I'm all pumped before I go to bed. And then I have dreams that I'm John Wick kicking ass. You know, that's how my <laughs> life rolls. Okay. I live by Makes sense. Makes sense. Right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So too. I'm glad I'm not alone in that. In that picture. <laughs> so, but well, no, I'm excited. I can actually see that. Like he'd want to look a little bit scruffier being a director. Why? Yeah, people to take was... them more serious. Uh, yeah. The... Yeah. And it was just his energy was completely 
into directing. So he didn't put any time, energy, anything really into kind of like present, present presentation for himself. It was like all about the film. Yeah, no, it, it totally, yeah, it, it was really, for me, I was just like, oh my gosh, this is so cool to kind of see his process, you know, and yeah. um, and to watch him as a director is, is kind of finding himself because it was the first time that he did this. And um, he had like the people that were working with him on the film. I mean, I, mean, I think the um, cinematographer was a, you know, Academy Award winning cinematographer. So he had a lot of really amazing people. Um, and then of course, as, as an actor, everyone in the world knows him. Um, so it was really cool to watch you know, this whole directing side of him come out. And yeah, I, I loved it. I had a great time. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the things that you talked about at the beginning was your love for music. Uh-huh, yes. So let's talk about your love for music. Oh. What did you grow up with? Oh my gosh, I grew up with everything. Um, when I was probably three years old, this is before we moved, my family moved to Japan, um, my parents loved Elvis. So there was a lot of Elvis in the house and I would go out in the lawn, you know, the, uh, yard and just start apparently just start singing Elvis songs as I like <laughs> to call them Elvis. Um, you know, it kind of started from that, but then it went on to when I was in a kid in Japan, I liked a lot of the Japanese pop that was out, right? So they had um, a girl group that was called Pink Lady, and I was completely obsessed with them. Um, and at the same time, that was also when I started getting into uh, Donna Summer, oh. Billy Joel. Like I loved, like it was just all, it was, it was all over the place. Um and then in junior high, uh, we went for half a year, I think, to South Carolina for my dad's, you know, he was working at University of South Carolina mm -hmm. teaching there. And so we were there. And then that's when I discovered funk and I loved. So Rick James, you know, and like, you know, all those incredible like Earth, Wind, Fire, like all those groups. That's also when I... Um, yeah, I think that's kind of when I um, discovered, or when I was 12, I discovered Prince, who is oh, yes. one of my favorite artists, bar none. Um, and I mean, just, yeah, everyone and anyone, like Culture Club. I was a Madonna wannabe when I was in high school, like dressed <laughs> up as Madonna, which, you know, in a Christian school in Japan oh. is a little bit strange. But just a little bit, but you're my people. You're my yeah. people. Were you a Journey's fan? Love Journey. I oh, love Journey. Okay. I love Steve Perry. I just absolutely am. I just love his voice. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my um, gosh, yeah. you're my people. Should, should we add Boston to the mix? Oh, love Boston. Boston's great. Chicago's great. <laughs> love them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Cindy Lauper. Mm. Um, yeah, and then. Just going into, I mean, like, I think for me, because I was trying to, uh, I was trying to explain to someone why music was such a big part of me in my life. And, you know, and I think that probably a lot of people can relate to this, but it's such a soundtrack of who I am, you know, mm -hmm. like I'll listen to a song 
like a Prince song, um, something from Purple Rain um, or 1999. And that will, that will take me back to those high school years. And so, oh, you, you know, it just kind of, mm. it, you travel back to that time. And I love that about music um, or about how, it's quite comforting, you know. I think that's one of the things too that, you know, when you're brokenhearted over a breakup, and then you'll, you know, just listen to music and everything will be okay for a minute. Oh, yeah. But oh, yeah. You know. yeah. <laughs> were you yeah. a big fan of the first Batman movie? The first Batman movie? Yeah, with Michael Keaton. Um, yes. I I don't know. Like I was kind of, kind of, it was 50, 50. Like I oh, was, oh. I kind of liked Michael mm -hmm. Keaton as Batman. <laughs> um, but I'm, but now that he's Batman again, like I'm super curious. Like, I think that I can probably appreciate it even more now. Like, you oh. know, like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh. Cause um, Prince did the music. A, a yes. lot of the soundtrack music is, is his. Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. Yeah. No, I did. I loved, I did love the soundtrack and we played the soundtrack a lot. Like that song that he wrote for Kim Basinger. Like that was a really, really good time, I think for Prince. And, you know, I, for me, like, and I've done a lot of stuff. I've worked for many years now. And I think that one of my highlights is the fact that I got to interview Prince. And so that's kind of really, really, yeah. Like we've got exciting. Do not warn me about anything. This is such bullshit, Greg. What the hell? Hey, I just, you I, know, oh my God. She just, you just naturally are like, Oh yeah, I got to interview Prince. I've, I've met and have to hang out with Keanu. And Keanu. I don't, like, what the hell? Oh what is my going God. on? I know, like, what the hell is Stop the press. You weren't, you weren't here. You weren't here when she said she did a lot of red carpet no, interviews. I'm sorry, and... I told you I was elbow <laughs> deep in dinner, but shit, I missed so much. Oh my gosh, casually, I did all of these things. What is? It's just yeah. like what is? So it's just another day, no big deal. I'm over here like, holy shit, Prince. Like, oh my god. <laughs> <sighs> Gosh, I do have a side note, though. Yes. So, and I know all of you guys are going to come for me on this one. Um, is it the one, you know, the Batman where Michael Keaton is Batman? <laughs> um, is that the one where Michelle Pfeiffer is Catwoman? Or mm -hmm. yes. Yes. Okay, because that was yeah. the best Catwoman outfit, I must say. Okay. I loved Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman she so, was, so, so much. She was awesome. Oh, She's my gosh. Fabulous. Yes. Yeah. Wonderful. So that's why I was trying to make sure I was on because in all reality, he's not my favorite Batman. I liked George Clooney. Mm. I'm biased though. Mm. And I only liked the George Clooney one because I liked his swag that he had. And he was just like, oh, this is what we're doing. But I like those storylines. I know. Yes. So I liked those yeah. storylines the best, you know, and then I don't know. And then they went to like Ben Affleck, then Robert Patterson. And I was like, I'm just going to watch George Clooney. I'm good. So I haven't seen a Batman since. To be, honest. I think, I think the best storyline was with the Dark Knight. Oh, now that mm. was a good one. Who was that? Christian that was a great Bale? film. Yeah, mm -hmm. right. Yes, there will think, never be a better Joker than Heath Ledger, in my opinion. No, but I think those were the best storylines. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. 
They truly were. But Jack Nichols was Nicholson was also really great. As he is great. Uh, yeah, this Joker. It's a. Those are my two big ones. Yes. God, I'm still trying to process the fact that you have name dropped these two people, and I'm just like, oh my gosh! If I could have been a fly on that damn wall, like what the hell? Just I gotta finish processing. But just saying. Yeah. Well, well, let's just get Amy's curiosity going. Who oh, have you interviewed? On, who have you interviewed on the red carpet? Um, a lot of people. So I've done, I think I've done the Academy Awards twice. One, no, once. Um, and I've done Golden Globes like five times. I've done like so many, I've done that Emmys, I've done probably four or five times. So um everyone from Benedict Cumberbatch, who was one of my favorites. Oh my I love him. He's very, um, what I love about, okay. And I have to be, and I know that, you know, right now he's not looked upon very favorably. However, Kevin Spacey was also one of my favorite interviews because he's quite the smart ass and I'm yes. a smart ass and I love mm -hmm. people that can give it just as good as they take it, you know? And mm -hmm. he, I had such a great time interviewing him. Um, I've done like uh, Jennifer Lawrence, Amy Adams, um, Amy Adams uh, Hugh Jackman. Her. Yeah. Like a lot, like oh. a lot of people, Mike, Ty Mike Tyson, Kevin Costner. I mean, like just so many, like Glenn Close, Glenn Close was really, so my favorite, I will say my favorite red carpet event to do is the Golden Globes. The mm -hmm. reason is because um, at the Golden Globes, they drink, right? And they start uh -huh. drinking on the red carpet. Nice. Oh. Yeah. So they are it, talkative by the time you get to them. Yes. They're talkative. Mm -hmm. They're a little bit loosey-goosey because, of course, most of the women have been not eating anything for like a whole week because they want to get into their dress, right, for the Golden Globes. Mm -hmm. So I just remember um, one time Glenn Close, who I, I'm a huge fan of. I love her. Her acting is just really incredible. And and by the way, I heard that there's going to be Fatal Attraction. Do you remember that movie? Yes. There's going to be a remake of that. Oh, There's God. going to be another oh. remake. But they're making it a series, right? Isn't it going to yes. be a series? Yes, it's going to be a series. Yes. You know yeah. what? I don't know if you can replace Glenn Close, though, because yeah, I don't think so. Phenomenal in that movie. Yeah. She's and so good at being scary. Isn't yeah, she? like I wish that they wouldn't touch that because that is just so iconic. It's like that other one that Kathy Bates did. Um, yes, I know which one you're talking about. Oh, yeah, like that yeah. one is so iconic. Misery, like, misery. Yes, misery. like just yeah, don't yeah, touch yeah, that because yeah. they, they're those people for those roles were just like, ah, oh, man, they like made it. You know, I'm just like, yeah, oh. yeah. yeah. And oh. I'm sitting here thinking Glenn Close with 101 Dalmatians. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Oh, oh no. she's great. I loved her mm -hmm. in that. Yeah, yeah. totally. Fatal Attraction yeah. was my first introduction to her, love. and I have loved her since. Like, she's she great. Is. Yeah. Love yeah. And I loved her in, I don't know if you guys ever saw, it was an FX um, channel. It was a TV series called um, Damages. Mm -hmm. And she, it was with her and it was with Rose Byrne and Glenn Close 
plays kind of a psychotic and crazy and that you kind of felt for as well. Like she, she was the main character. She was like a boss. She was like a, you know, lawyer. And so I loved that show. And this time that I interviewed her for the Golden Globes, it was when she was nominated for that, right. For damages. And so I was super excited. It's like, Oh my gosh, yay, I get to interview her. So I'm, you know, interviewing her and, and, because I'm doing it for a Japanese TV outlet, mm -hmm. I have to ask a question in English and then whatever she says, I have to quickly turn it around in Japanese. So I have to do like a lot. There's, you know, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So she was kind of like, oh, what's going on here? You know, kind of thing. <laughs> um, and then, you know, I and, and the interviews on the red carpet are really short. Right. Yeah. Not even a minute. Like you don't get very much time because you're going to next person, next person. So um, she went on and, you know, we're doing our next interview. And um, and then I we had like a little break and I look over and I see her looking at us and I'm like, interesting. And then all of a sudden, Glenn Close comes back to us and I'm like what's going on and she starts singing in Japanese she oh, starts wow. like like at the top of her oh, voice wow. she's like da, 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 da. and I'm like <laughs> I have no idea what's going on what's going on right now and everyone around us is looking you know because the once more we have so little space every media outlet especially yeah. if it's international media we get like you know we're total it's like a game of twister right we're like so like oh you know whatever um and everyone's looking at us like what's going on over there at that little you know and the producer who's right behind me is like, Lisa, what is she singing? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going on either. So then she finishes singing. She's like, I was on the travel. I was on the uh, show choir when I was in college or whatever. And she went to Waseda University, which is kind of like the Ivy League university in Japan. Mm -hmm. And so she was singing the Waseda school song. She's like, I was wondering if I still knew, if I still remember it. And I did. Yay. And then she just walked off and we're like, what just happened nice. here? Why is she singing <laughs> the would, theme song? You know? Yeah. That oh, would have been awesome. It, it was that really, yeah, it was, it was funny. It, <laughs> yeah. I have to say after doing these podcasts, I think that doing a red carpet interview would be a, definitely a, dream job that would be well it's so it's fun for sure but mm -hmm. what a lot of people don't know about it is you have to do your own wrangling so if you're a ryan seacrest they come and they stop at your media you know because he does e so they come and they stop there for you and then you could do the interview but for me i'm doing it for international media and you know, so I'm having to go, hey, hey, George Clooney, over here, over here. <laughs> like I'm having to like bring them over. Active you know, ball. yeah. Yeah, it's like a lot of work. And there was one time, and this was when I did the Emmys, um, the the out the media outlet or TV network that I did it for was showing Mad Men. So they Ooh. wanted to get, and this was the year that Mad Men, like Elizabeth Moss, uh, like just a lot of, you know, 
uh, Christina Hendricks, like a lot of them were nominated. You know, I think Mad Men was nominated for best uh, drama of the year and um, dramatic show. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I was like, and, and they're like, oh, we want everyone from Mad Men. We want John Hamm. I'm like, yeah, everyone wants John Hamm. I want John Hamm too. Come on, guys, right? You know. Um, so I couldn't get John Hamm, unfortunately. But Christina Hendricks was a couple people down, and I saw her publicist. I'm like, can we can we get Christina Hendricks? We show Mad Men in Japan. You know, this is like, you know, we're the only ones in Japan to show. Blah 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 blah. And she's like, yeah, sure, no problem. So the person that was interviewing her right next to me started asking her was like so christina i have to ask you about your big boobs and she just started saying and i'm like what? wow you get a couple seconds whatever 30 seconds with her and you're gonna ask her it was just like and it was this girl i think she was just trying to be i don't know what she was doing but she was extremely offensive i was offended and she wasn't even talking to me you know but because she did that, Christina was like, I'm, you know, I'm done. Right. She was completely, yeah, I don't blame her. I'd be the same way. So, you know, there's that too, where you have to deal with stupid butts, you know, who sometimes just want to, mm -hmm. you know, I don't, I don't know if they're trying to make themselves viral or I don't know what they're trying to do, but it's like, come on, really? Like you're ruining it for all of us, you know, cause we all want to get, you know, a good interview and, you know, a lot of times. Yeah. So there's some people that just are not respectful. And so, mm -hmm. <sighs> yeah, I'm not going to name drop, but I've actually seen it at comic cons from media asking the questions that should not be asked. And it's like, yeah. yeah. And yeah. you want to stand up for them and help them. And you go, I might hit the person who asked the question. So I don't know. If that's gonna <laughs> yes. Yes. So, I agree. Yeah. I've definitely seen it, and it's like, no, you shouldn't be asking questions like that. Yeah. And you want to help. You want to be like, shut up. But then you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. But I do want to thank you for coming on the show today. Absolutely. My pleasure. We enjoyed having you. And I know, let's see, next week we have Pop Culture Power Show coming on. We'll be talking about their convention that's going to be here March 31st through or March 30th through April 1st. Mm. And then the weekend after that, we're going to have Trader's Village on, which is April 15th and 16th. And they have a lot of good guests coming to both those shows, actually. Yes, I'm mm. going to be a cosplay guest. Yes, Yay! you can be a cosplay guest. <laughs> that's exciting. <laughs> Thank you. But and let's see, anything else coming up in March? Amy, you have anything coming up in March for your author talk? For author talk, no. I mean, I'm sponsoring uh, the Woman in Publishing Summit, and I'll be speaking tomorrow. And then Ooh. I have two, I have three book launches this month. That's that's it for me. It's just a busy month, man. Busy month. Mm hmm. I'm going to continue my sonic toy hunting. Is what I'm gonna do. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, our two for Tuesdays with the conversation where we do our interviews, 15, 20-minute interviews. So, again, Liesl, thank you for being on. 
And Thank you. Definitely look forward to chatting with you again. And good luck on your endeavors because I know you have a lot coming up as well. I'm, I'm going to pretend that I know what that is. Yes. All you have to do, yes. This is what I tell my clients a lot of times. I'm like, just bow, just bow, just bow, smile. They're like, ah, ha, 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 